You're listening to Dairy Voice, a podcast exclusively for the dairy industry. One of our sponsors of the Dairy Voice podcast is National DHIA. NDHIA ensures information accuracy and represents their members' interests. They are the direct voice for the dairy information industry. To find out more, go to dhia.org. It's our pleasure today to welcome to Dairy Voice one of our industry's more dynamic, accomplished, and popular personalities, and someone I've been privileged to call a friend for many years. I'd like to welcome Tim Abbott, a proud Vermont native who's speaking with us today from the far northwest corner of that picturesque state. A good place to be here on our first day of summer. Tim, it's great to have you with us. Well, Joel, thanks Thanks for having me. Uh, yep, it is a picturesque day here in Vermont, um, and uh, I've, I've enjoyed the podcast uh, that you have been working on here in recent, uh, have listened to several of them, and uh, certainly an honor and pleasure to be on with you today, Joel. Well, we're looking forward to sharing your story with our listeners. Tim, you did get your start in Vermont. As I mentioned, you're a native of, the, of that state. And you started on a on the home farm, a home small Jersey farm. Tell us a little bit about your roots in dairy. Yeah, it's always a, a pleasure to reflect and uh, remember uh, how how I grew up in this business. Uh, I was lucky my my dad and mom had a small farm and uh, um, were very into breeding cattle. Had a beautiful herd of Jerseys uh, up in the hills of central Vermont. And uh, I grew up very involved with that operation um, and, and learned a lot about breeding and, and caring for cattle, uh, certainly in my, in my youth. Um, very fortunate to have had great programs like the 4-H program where I uh, got to travel on several uh, trips around the country and learn how Things were done in other parts of uh, the United States at different uh, states and different operations. Um, and so I owe a lot to, uh, to my success through the 4-H program um, to, to have given me the, the basis to get out and see different things. And then uh, the American Jersey Cattle Association uh, had and, and still has a tremendous youth program, Joel, and, and I was fortunate to uh, have been very involved with that, went to many uh, conferences and events uh, through the Jersey Association and, and tremendous uh, leaders of that organization that, that gave kids like myself a start. So it was, you know, I've, I've, I would say my roots uh, uh, run deep in 4-H and, and dairy breed youth activities. Um, one other aside from that, you know, I think I learned a lot of my cattle skills uh, from my dad. My dad was a uh, had a small herd of cows, but he also uh, also bought and sold lots of cows. And uh, uh, I laugh today because uh, I've kind of grown up just like my dad. I'm a cattle dealer of my own, uh, of my own, uh, w- in my own way. And uh, certainly, you travel New England with uh, with a really good cowman like my dad was. You learn learn what to look for in a cow. Well, that's a great start. And uh, you went off to school and, and then did some work with the Jersey Association uh, early you in bet. your career. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, I attended the University of Vermont, um, had you know, great leadership from uh, uh, people like uh, Stu Gibson and uh, Dr. Jim Gilmore, 
Uh, they were kind of our mentors at, at UVM. <clears throat> um, and luckily there I met my, my wife, uh, uh, Sharon, who uh, also is a University of Vermont grad. And, uh, you know, from that point, I went to, uh, to work for the Jersey Association, kind of had my dream job presented to me. I got to be a field rep for the Jersey Association in the Northwestern United States. Um, and hit that area, Joel, right when the Jersey boom uh, hit Idaho. Uh, we sold thousands of head of Jersey cattle to uh, uh, breeders in Idaho uh, because of National Jersey's great milk marketing program. Uh, there, there were lots of cheese plants going in, and uh, it was a great place for me to start my career with Jersey. Timing is always a positive, that's for sure. Uh, from Jersey, you moved into the AI industry. How did that occur and what was your early experience? Yeah, um, the, the AI industry uh, is really where I spent most of my career. I was with Jersey about five years. And then, uh, interestingly enough, Joel, I, uh, I was asked to read pedigrees at uh, one of ABS's Americana sales back when they had that great sales series in Wisconsin. Uh, profiled their their daughters of their bulls, and uh, I got to read pedigrees on the jerseys there at, at one point in my career. And, and after that, I must have uh, must have connected with someone at ABS. And uh, before long, I had an interview to join their sire department. And uh, probably the you know the single single greatest career move I ever made. So so I spent nearly twenty years at ABS, uh, Joel purchasing and acquiring bulls from multiple breeds, mainly Holsteins. Uh, and I uh, had, a, had a great career uh, as a sire analyst and, and leading some uh, areas of the sire department for ABS for about 20 years. And I reflect on that, Joel, and, and think about, you know, the people that I got to work with at ABS, uh, like Dr. Bob Walton and, and Dick Smith and folks like that that just, uh, you know, gave me so much mentorship and leadership and and you know one of my one of my favorite things to do now is is to continue to talk to uh <clears throat> competitors from from the past that I learned a lot from I think sometimes you can learn more from the guy you're competing with than uh than any other way to to educate yourself and I you know fiercely competed with uh, the Dick Chetchesters and his team um and all those great guys and and got to be good friends with Doug Blair and Pete Blodgett and, and uh, those guys, while, while we uh, were competitors, we also became great friends, and uh, I certainly learned a lot from those folks. Well, I think that's a tribute to your style and your personality, that competition breeds friendship rather than uh, anything different. Hey there, after you've finished enjoying this podcast, might I recommend you join me, Tim Hammerich, and our guests on Clarity at Work from Zoetis. We'll be talking genetics and their place on the dairy. You've got a seat at the table as we discuss innovations, what's next for the industry, and more. I have to find the value in everything that I do, and I still find value in Clarified Plus, so we're going to continue to use it. Just search for Clarity at Work wherever you listen to podcasts. Once you finish with this podcast, of course. Give us a couple highlights. Whenever I talk to someone who's been involved over the years in sire selection, there's usually a bull or two that they can think about that they brought into the stud that uh, really they, they uh, take some satisfaction in that. Did, 
do you have any anecdotes of, of uh, bull mothers or young sires that you uh, found, if you will, and uh, had some success? Well, yeah, that's uh, when you talk to a, a former sire analyst, Joel, and you ask that question, uh, we may have to extend this podcast because I can, <laughs> I can tell you stories all day. And uh, um, I'm not going to tell you about all the failure bulls that I had, but I can tell you about my success bulls. I guess that's the way to go, isn't it? Well, back in those pre-genomic days, you know, one in 10 was a great batting average. It, it was all skill back then, Joel. <laughs> but no, I, I was very fortunate, uh, you know, in, in my career um, to, to get, I, I landed in a pretty good part of the country, Joel. Um, every time I drive down Interstate 81 through Pennsylvania and Maryland, I kind of laugh because that corridor from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to uh, Hagerstown, Maryland, I bought some great, great bulls. I, I became great friends with Dale and Fred Rice at Ricecrest. Um, and at the time I was buying a lot of bulls. Uh, they had a couple great cows, one, uh, <clears throat> the Martha cow, a great black star daughter. And then they had several great Southwind daughters. And I bought bulls from, from all those cows. We had a, we had a bull called touchdown that, uh, uh, from Ricecrest that was a great bull. And then we had, uh, Lance and, and Brett and several of those Ricecrest bulls. Uh, just up the road to Rick Waddell's farm, I was lucky enough to acquire the Convincer Bull. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that bull. And then if we continue south into Maryland, I had great success there. Um, everybody from Art Roderick's uh, Art Acres farm, we had several good bulls there. And probably one of my favorite bulls I ever bought was uh, from Jason and Donna Myers at Windsor Manor, a bull called Macho Man that was a number one bull. And and ended up uh, selling several million dollars worth of semen. So love to think about those cows. I've, I've spent a lot of my time reading pedigrees now, and, and uh, it's always fun to reminisce about uh, finding those cows when they were the great young cows, Joel, back in the day where, where you studied pedigrees and you studied their numbers and their deviations and all that. Uh, those, were, those were great days in my career. Well, great days in cattle breeding too, and obviously we've got a whole new approach for the last 10 years with, with genomics, and we'll, we'll be talking about that in a moment. But uh, the, one of the important developments at your ABS career was your involvement with a small um, AI unit in Canada, St. Jacob's. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, um, that was certainly a changing point in my career. Um, you know, I'd, I'd been a sire analyst for many years, and, and the leaders at ABS wanted me, wanted me to get a little more uh, people management experience, so I took on the task of running ABS Canada, um, uh, which was a, a growing business um, uh, based out of, uh, of uh, near, near St. Jacob's, Ontario, and there was a bull stud and also a big uh, AI sales organization that I that I started managing, and interestingly enough, Joel, uh, I managed that all remotely from Vermont with uh, weekly trips to uh, to Ontario, uh, which was when I think about getting on a plane today, it's pretty amazing how that's all changed too, <laughs> how we do that. But uh, uh, so St. Jacobs um, was part of the ABS Canada system, and St. Jacobs was a small cooperative. Uh, started in the 60s uh, by a group of breeders that wanted to focus on 
high type cattle, a little different than the conventional AI system was going. And the company uh, struggled, you know, as most small AI companies would, struggled with marketing, struggled with the, with uh, proper collection, uh, struggled with sales for sure, and, and overall profitability. Um, and luckily, I came in about the time that uh, they they had just had some success with a few bulls and kind of got their feet on the ground, and they hired me to manage to manage that company. Um, and uh, the the business grew uh, exponentially uh, at during that period of time. Again, Joel, you said earlier, timing uh, is is a key to success, and I happened to hit it just at the right time. Well, there's nothing like a hot bull that will help a, a smaller breeding program work well. <laughs> exactly. And, and so St. Jacob's, uh, and they had a tremendous board of directors that, uh, that, that did a great job leading, uh, leading the business. The, the cooperative was basically owned by 44 members uh, at the time I, I started working for them. And in about a seven-year period in the uh, uh, late 90s, early 2000s, um, when, when we started working together, the board and I on this business, um, we were selling about 75,000 doses of semen a year, um, and the company was making money at that point. Um, and then we had a couple successful bulls. Uh, Dundee uh, came along, Reagan Crest Dundee, uh, and he brought us great success, and then Almost at the same time, we, we uh, landed two more tremendous bulls, uh, uh, Destry from Matt and Mandy Nunes uh, in Wisconsin and of California fame. And then uh, we acquired the bull Aftershock uh, out of an all-American Durham um, from out here in the east. And that bull, between those three bulls, they absolutely made sales skyrocket. We uh, Seven years after, after we began this project, uh, we hit... 500,000 doses of semen. So we went from 7,500 to 500,000 in about seven years. So uh, I guess if you build it, they will come, Joel. Well, that's a great story. And you mentioned Aftershock. Uh, one of his daughters uh, in Wisconsin uh, is a current world record holder for production. Yeah, it, it, it gives you pride when you select a bull, um, you know, and, and there have been many in my career, but uh, it's kind of neat when you see the success of, of a high-scoring, high-type cow. And, and like you say, Joel, this world champion aftershock daughter for production uh, kind of makes you feel good that you had some small role in that. Well, you, uh, as your career continued, it looked like you kind of changed your business goals and uh, you moved from ABS to become a stud owner. Uh, talk about your transition at, at St. Jacob's and how you worked. Yeah, and, and to keep the... To keep the St. Jacob's story going, Joel, um, the, the board of directors that I work for basically decided that uh, because of the structure of their cooperative um, and the, the future of the business, they decided they wanted to sell the company. Um, and at that time, ABS wasn't in a position where they wanted to buy it. I was actually an ABS employee still at the time, and they were hiring my services. Uh, but then... Uh, uh, the opportunity came to me to buy the company. So uh, after a lot of thought and sleepless nights, uh, Sharon and I decided to take a huge risk and buy buy the company. Um, and uh, so we so we purchased the the business that I had been running uh, as 
individual owners, uh, my wife and I, and then Sharon became very involved with the business, uh, with the marketing and promotion and, and overall management of the, of the product line. Um, and, and we, you know, basically at the time we did that, Joel, we did a lot of studies of what the, what the breeders in our country wanted. And, and we found through several studies that still large farms, medium farms, small farms, they all, there was still a great passion for uh, breeding cattle with high type and big cow families. So in our studies, we found that about one out of three breeders in the U.S. still had a passion for, uh, for the pedigree and, and the high type kind of cattle. So this was still pre-genomics. We were just starting to learn uh, about the genome and about how it could affect our selection process with bulls. Um, but uh, uh, we were able to, to purchase the company, Sharon and I, um, went out and immediately hired one of my good friends and, and mentors, Bob Fitzsimmons, uh, to go to work as kind of our sales manager. And basically, ABS distributed our product all over the world. And, and again, we saw a great uh, significant growth in our company. Yeah, and you Vermonters stick together too. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we we don't we don't know much, but when we when we stick together, we can get a lot done, Joel. <laughs> well, that's a that's a fascinating story to go from uh, what we might say as a corporate staff member, a corporate employee, to uh, to an entrepreneur and taking on that risk. What uh, what triggered your change with St. Jacobs? Uh, you subsequently sold the company. <clears throat> And we'll talk about some of the activities that you're involved with now, but just the AI was changing. Uh, your personal situation was changing. How, how did that come about? Yeah. So the sale, so Sharon and I owned the company for about five years is all, but we had been involved with it for, for about a decade. And uh, the leadership at ABS um, kind of saw the, the growth of the company and basically decided at that time that, that we had grown the business big enough that they were interested in owning the whole company and managing it themselves and uh, came to Sharon and I and asked us to, to sell the company to them. Um, at that time, there were other, other AI organizations also trying to buy our company uh, because of the growth in our sales and our, the popularity of our bulls. Um, and we'd, we put a lot of time and effort into marketing as well, Joel. Um, you know, I think some of our great success stories were uh, we had this wonderful piece in the Holstein world uh, called St. Jacob Says, where I'd write an article about an industry great person that took up a third of the page, and then we'd promote our bulls on the other two thirds of the page. And that thing, I think, single-handedly uh, propelled our company uh, into the eyes of many people around the world. And, and we got great press um, for that. So St. Jacob's had become not just a small little company, uh, with a few bulls, but we'd become quite powerful. We had a, we had an arsenal of about 60 bulls, red and white Holstein Jersey. Um, and, and our sales were, were continuing to skyrocket. So ABS made the decision to buy the company from us. Um, I helped transition the company for six months and then, uh, uh, they took over, and, and now St. Jacob's is part of the ABS system around the world. Sure. And just harking back to those Holstein World ads, uh, even speaking to you as a longtime uh, and former editor of Holstein World, we always knew that the good ads in the world were part of the, maybe the most important part of uh, what our readers enjoyed. 
So that was a well. It was a it was a great run, Joel, and and uh, I I give your staff a lot of credit at the time because they helped come up with the concept, and it uh, it surely it surely blossomed what uh, what we were doing. Well, that's that's great to hear. Um, well, as you uh, transitioned St. Jacobs back to ABS, uh, you got involved directly in cattle breeding. Uh, talk a little bit about some of your activities there. Yeah, so once we sold the company, Sharon and I weren't quite sure what we were going to do. Uh, we were in our early 50s and uh, loved the cattle breeding business and loved the people we work with and uh, decided we bought a, bought a small farm uh, here in, in northwest Vermont um, and started milking cows and doing, uh, we, we put in an IVF lab and started doing extensive IVF work and started our border view genetics uh, branch um, where we milked 60 or 70 top end high type high pedigreed cows and then worked with five or six key donors to make our, our goal was to make about 100 uh, IVF female calves born on the show dates every year and have have a a breeder's sale every year at our farm which we did we ended up having four of those sales Joel so uh, it was it was a great run we, we operated the farm for about five years uh, a year ago right now, we actually had our final sale at the farm, and unfortunately, it's sitting empty right now, um, and mainly because of, you know, a little challenging to find labor in this part of the world to run a big operation like that, and other adventures, uh, other opportunities business-wise kind of kind of opened up for us, and so uh, for Sharon and I to continue to look after milking a herd of cows just wasn't in the cards, so uh, unfortunately, the farm's sitting empty, but... Uh, um, our, the border view brand has certainly got out, uh, one of the highlights at the big show in Ohio last year, we were two points away from being premier breeder of the heifer show and we didn't own a single heifer there. So that speaks volumes to the kind of genetics that, uh, that we were lucky enough to get our hands on. Boy, it surely does. Um, but you're staying involved with the sale business. That's kind of a full circle situation too, uh, given the fact that you, uh, began your career uh, with the ABS sales at, at Madison. Uh, talk about some of your current sale activities. Sure. And, and uh, yeah, so it is kind of full circle. You know, I, I ran Jersey Marketing Service uh, for a while and, and got to learn from, uh, you know, greats like Maury Corr and Jim Cavanaugh uh, while I was at Jersey. Started reading pedigrees uh, at, at uh, most of the big Jersey sales. I'll, I'll give a quick story. One of my favorite Maury core stories was uh, I had just taken over uh, running Jersey marketing service. And one of Mr. Core's great friends was Scott Mayfield at Mayfield Dairy at Athens, Tennessee. And, and Mr. Mayfield was having his final dispersal. They had about 200 head. And uh, uh, of course, Mr. Core and Mr. Mayfield have been great friends for years. And I just assumed that uh, Maury would read the pedigrees at his sale. I had just started reading pedigrees, and and uh, Maury informed me two days before the sale that I was running that business, and uh, I was reading pedigrees at the Mayfield sale. So that's that's actually where I got my real start reading pedigrees. And I'll tell you, this little uh, young guy from Vermont wasn't quite sure what he was doing sitting in that box next to Merlin Woodruff and uh, some of the great Jersey breeders of the world. But it's funny how it has come full circle. I'll, I'll get in my car tomorrow and head to uh, Pennsylvania to read pedigrees at the National Holstein sale. Uh, 
in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So it's been that part of my career, Joel, has just been one of the joys of my life. It's, uh, it's one of my passions. You mentioned uh, as we were preparing for this conversation uh, that right now, uh, here in the late spring, early summer of uh, 2021, as we happily uh, seem to be moving out of the COVID era, that you've detected some, I'll say some new enthusiasm or renewed enthusiasm for good cattle, um, purebred and maybe commercial too. Uh, what are you kind of seeing out there in the, in the industry these days in terms of uh, breeders' attitudes and the, and the cattle market? Yeah, it, it's been an extremely uh, strong spring. Um, the, seems like as we come out of COVID, people have, people have had the desire to, to get out, obviously, and, and uh, invest in things maybe outside of what they had normally been doing. And, and so about uh, a year and a half ago, I started a, a small business with Chris and Jen Hill uh, from Maryland. We call it the Dairy Sales Alliance. And, and uh, Chris and I, with our wives, run, manage uh, several top-end sales every year. We we uh, started a sale uh, called the Music City Celebration, where we sell about uh, 50 lots in December uh, in the heart of Nashville, Tennessee, um, where we do it all online and all with videos. And that, that has created a lot of energy and enthusiasm in the business. And we've continued to man manage a few sales. We did a great sale for Clark and Lois Woodman see a, a month ago, and we just, just came home from Rudolph, Wisconsin, where we did... Uh, Maybe the best sale I've ever done, Joel, uh, for Mike and Julie Duckett, a sale that averaged over $17,000 on nearly 100 head uh, with a top of $355,000. Um, so at this point, I would say, you know, the enthusiasm is, is, interest, you know, is, is higher than it's been for years. And what I, what I see driving this, Joel, is, uh, you know, several of the, of the players in this business um, – have been very successful commercial dairymen and they, and they still have the passion to breed that great cow. And uh, I, I just find it very rewarding that we can go do a sale and, and have a guy that milks 5,000 jerseys in Oregon or 10,000 Holsteins in California be there bidding on, on the best type uh, show animals in the world. Well, that uh, makes for exciting times. Uh, the new good old days, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how we felt when we, when we left Wisconsin, maybe, you know, maybe there is renewed enthusiasm in what's going on out there. And, and, but with, with any of it though, Joel, if, if people can't make money uh, and have success with the animals they purchase, um, they'll lose interest real fast. And I think one of the exciting things is with, with all the new technology for, for genomic and genetic evaluations, um, I think the, you know, the energy and the demand for Holstein cattle from the U.S. around the world is still tremendous, whether it's Europe or Australia. Um, you know, the, the demand for, for our population of cows is still uh, outstanding. As we kind of wind up this conversation, uh, do you want to maybe look ahead a little bit and speculate on you, you've come through a, a, an era of AI when uh, Proving bulls was uh, was refined, and and now we've moved into, and uh, we're we're certainly uh, completely involved in the genomic side of the business now. Where where do you see this uh, cattle breeding industry headed? Yeah, I think it may be the most exciting time ever. You know, there are, 
there are people that uh, certainly in my line of work today that uh, um, you know don't fully understand what the purpose of the genomic um, evaluations would be, and, and there's been pushback like with any new technology. But um, certainly, I think if you really step back and look at it, the genomic era of of uh, evaluating our cattle has has opened up another way for for people to be more successful. I think. Uh, the ability to test your herd and rank uh, daughters in your herd with predictions of how they're going to perform in your own setting uh, has tremendous merit, tremendous value, and I think it's going to get bigger and bigger. Uh, being able to decide which cattle you breed from and which, uh, which cattle maybe you, you make a different product line from, uh, I think that has, has great potential. The, the ability to IVF um, cows at the at the cost and at the rate we can do it uh, has got tremendous value uh, for, for both a small breeding establishment and a big herd. You can, you can improve your herd so rapidly. And then the onset of beef on dairy, uh, certainly, you know, I'm big about, I, I think many of us try to stick with one product too long. And I think sometimes having multiple product lines is, uh, is a great option for, for any business. And uh, I think the, the beef on dairy uh, solution to breeding cattle certainly uh, has, has helped many, many breeders around the country. And, and again, gives the ability for them to focus on, on top genetics uh, for their herd, because really uh, we want to reproduce the best cows in our herd to make them more profitable. Well, Tim, we really appreciate you sharing your success uh, and your accomplishments and your philosophy with us. Uh, it's been great to have this conversation with you on Dairy Voice. Thanks very much for being with us. Thanks, Joel. It's a pleasure. I appreciate what you do for our business, uh, spreading the word and, uh, and helping people uh, become more educated uh, on, on how to make, have more success in the business. Thanks so much. We've been speaking with Tim Abbott, uh, from Vermont, a longtime uh, cattle breeder and successful marketer in the, in the industry. We appreciate Tim's involvement uh, over the years, and it's certainly been our pleasure to have this conversation with him on Dairy Voice. I'm your host, Joel Hastings, and you can find us at dairybusiness.com. <music>